welcome to Forever Canon, the podcast where we talk about characters moving backwards in the same old shafts. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. And this week on Forever Canon, we are going to talk about Legacy of the Force, Book One, Outcast, Chapters 9 through 12. I had to stick my hands out like a preacher. And guess what? Channeling God. Did I get it wrong? You got it wrong. You said Legacy of the Force. No! (laughs) I'm leaving it in. Son of a bitch, did I? Yes. uh, Let's rewind and Fate of the Jedi. Nah. (laughs) Nah. If they can rebrand it Legends, I can rebrand it. (laughs) The other thing. It's now a continuation of the Lester's. I almost just called it Return of the Jedi. <laughs> this is going to be a fucking good podcast. Anyways, that's what the fuck we're here to talk about. But first, bum, bum, bum. Previously on Forever Canon. Valen Horn is saved by the lapel by Luke Skywalker. Luke meets with Dala. Dala drops normie knowledge. Guilty of failing Jason Solo. Luke is exiled for a decade. Han and Leia are above the law. And Jaina offers a hug to Tahiri. That's what happened last time. Mm-hmm. In a nutshell. Don't question me. This week, we start with chapter nine of book one of Fate of the Jedi. Outcast. Woo. Chapter nine starts at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Where Jaina, potential future master... Now gets her own room at the temple. Yay. And that's where she's investigating who these uh, mystery bounty hunters are at her little desk. Yeah, we get a peek behind the Jedi Master Curtain. Yeah, that's you what don't, they do. It, you know, and, and for all the times that in the previous series where they're like, oh, Ben's in the, in the apartment or Luke and Mara are in the apartment, their temple apartment or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's not like. Jaina's assigned quarters, which is like a barracksy type of feel, right? Like she's mm-hmm. got like a, she's got a bed, a desk, a chair, and who fuck that might be it. Yeah, yeah, they're, they're minimalist, but she's got enough to start this investigation. When she starts digging up some names on these mysterious people, the Quarren. Now, here we go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> these goddamn names, the Quarren, named Didal Knees pronounce whatever vowel, whatever way you want there. Yeah. I don't know. The Y pronounced like an I. That's pronounced it nice. How dare you? He's a capture tech specialist. The Skakoan. Hrame Mawar. Yeah. Is a bounty hunter slash local sheriff back at home. <laughs> the uh, YVH droid is actually a human cyborg named Vrannon Vax. A uh, Robocop. Uh, yeah, I, I liked his uh, his description. Yep. He is the leftovers of a man implanted into the droid body. Robocop. And the not Jedi, Zilash Cool. We already knew her name. Hey, mm-hmm. Cool. She's Zilash Cool. Anyways, she's got a lightsaber like Obi-Wan's pre-Death Star. But still... She's a mystery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all Jaina knows. There's no there's no background on her. There's no criminal record. There's yeah. no other information. Knows her name because she said it out loud. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. <laughs> and she saw her lightsaber and thought, that's weird. Yeah, it looks like <laughs> Obi-Wan's lightsaber. Yeah, that's weird. P.S. Having a lightsaber that looks like Obi-Wan, that is neat. <laughs> yep, I liked it. 
That that is telling us something. Also, each one of these names looks like they were typed with Aaron's elbows. <laughs> if you look at them in print, they're fucked. <laughs> Close your eyes this is and like type. My thirtieth f bomb already. I feel like an idiot so far. I can't talk. But seriously, this guy loves doubling up letters, man. It's like he's carrying on the Aaron tradition. <laughs> I don't anyways bad maybe, names man bad maybe that has something to do with it they're bad names yeah maybe it is he's like haha I've, I've been teased all my life for yeah having a name that's starts with two of the same letter well what the hell is the point of that at least he was always at the top of the list when he was getting well, called out there I mean yeah except for Abraham with two A's in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> or you know it's good. he always had his buddy Frank that never Tease them in school. Anyways, this is getting <laughs> stupid now. Also, I finally Googled Skakoans, and now I will show you live on the podcast, Tim, what a Skakoan is because I recognized him and I don't really remember where from. I think episode something. Ah, okay, good. The one uh, where they're like, uh, uh, maybe it's episode three, where uh, where democracy dies with a with a cheer or whatever the fuck Padme says. These dudes. Okay. Green-headed alien guys with like a voice modulator. Yeah, one of the guys of up in the Senate. That's what I mean. Orbeez. Yeah, they're, they're in like the little floaty discs. Yeah. I don't know why I call them Orbeez. They're not orbs at all. It's a hard day out here. Senate platforms. It's a tough time on the podcast today. <laughs> I called the goddamn shit. Legacy of the Force. Yep. <laughs> but I refuse to feel bad for that. Okay? I've said it so many times over the last year and a half. We just started this. Yes. Give me a break. So, Skakoans are weird. But that one is a bounty hunter slash local sheriff. Friends with a capture tech specialist. Friends with a Robocop. Friends with a mysterious Jedi lady. Friends with a Rodian that we don't get to investigate because Jaina gets interrupted by her fully grown brother, Anakin, who, of course, died at age 16. That's weird. Mm-hmm. Psych! Aha! Another one. It's not Anakin. It's Dab Hantak. Your government spy assigned to your life. And coincidentally, you know him from mm. your youth because he was kidnapped as a child and surgered to look like Anakin in an effort to kidnap Ben. This is a very convoluted that web is, there. That is a mess. What a web of uh, secrets. That is like, that is what I think of when I think of Star Wars books. Over the top, complicated weirdness. Yeah. Like, how many clones of Palpatine are we going to have? Like, that kind of thing. Like, okay, seven. <laughs> are we over the top yet? <laughs> have we jumped that shark yet? Like, here's a kid who was captured and disfigured to look like your brother. And now, he, 20 years later, he is your little government tag along to make sure you're not breaking all the rules like all y'all Jedi always do. Mm-hmm. Skywalker blood lives a complicated life, as we've said many times. Also, spoiler alert, Jaina is angry. Cut to residential district on Coruscant. Tahiri tells her government observer to go away. She's not a Jedi, not a Sith. Yeah, I am a person that just so happens to have powers. Yeah, and if Get you out. knock on that door again, you might go over the balcony. Yeah, Goodbye, door I will, shut. I will throw you 200 stories down. <laughs> yeah. 
Cut to Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Back where we came from. Five fucking words ago. And Jaina's mad. Hamner, GM, Grandmaster, Kent Hamner, wants to know where her parents are. He's annoying in this. He's kind of given to us like a sort of bumbling, beating around the bush type of thing. Yeah. Where like he doesn't, he, he asks Jaina, well... Okay, so the scene is this. Jaina's mad and not paying attention to what Kenneth Hamner is saying. And he is trying to find out where her parents went and not paying attention to what she's saying. Mm-hmm. So she keeps saying, can you believe this guy looks like my brother? And he keeps saying, yeah, where are your parents, though? Yeah, but can you believe this guy looks like my brother? I know, right? But where are your parents at again? And I don't know if he's just, if he's going to turn out to be incompetent. You know, and this is like our our first look at him. I don't know, not being... Not being forceful enough, not with a capital F. Either yeah. Like we get that pun later, by the way, from Ben, which I mm-hmm. thought was funny. Um, but is he going to be incompetent or is he just dodging Jaina's fury right now? Yeah. And his sentences are are weird. Like he asked the same question multiple times in different weird ways. Well, because he's like he's trying to a she's distracted. And so, B, he wants this information, and he's trying to get it out of her by just surprising her with a question. Mm-hmm. Like, like I'm going to agree with everything that you say, or not, but I'm going to essentially disregard what you're saying, and I'm just going to try and slip that question in there at the end of everything I'm saying to trick you and get an answer. And she doesn't tell him. No. She's, she's lied enough times about her parents that she's not even worried that Ken Thamner will sense it in her. Yeah, he doesn't seem to either. No, because we go to Chapter 10. And we start on Kessel, where Alana's cute and wants to land Grandpa's ship. Yep. She's got to be seven, six, seven? Uh, she was four or five at the end. Of, yeah, exactly, and it's been two years. Yeah, six or seven. Yeah, okay. I mean, she probably could do it. Yeah. Between the Force and her ultimate pilot blood that she inherited from her grandfather. He could have at least let her sit on his lap. And, and great-grandfather, I guess. Yeah, I know, right? Well, yeah, you think so. And then the kid presses a thing, and now that's... (laughs) Self-destruct button. And now you're done. You're out of the books. Anyways, the grown-ups have a meeting with Lando, who is roguish as always, and his melty face friend is there, Nyan-num-b. Yeah. Nyan-num-b. Yeah. Nyan-num-b. I don't... Yeah. That that, might have been the best alien pronunciation I ever gave right there. (laughs) Nyan-num-b. Remember the melty face guy from Return of the Jedi? From yep. Fate of the Jedi? From Legacy of the Force? Remember him? Mm-hmm. Okay. The grown-ups are having a meeting while the children are playing with a YVH droid. One of those nanny droids. Just like Alana had. And this one, in fact, looks exactly like the one that baby Ben had, Leia thinks. And okay. Back-to-back references of Ben being a little kid. Back-to-back callbacks to something that happened when Ben was little. Yeah. Specifically Ben. Like, even the, the, the brother that looks like Anakin comes in and talks to Jaina, and he's like, oh, yeah, remember reference point Ben? <laughs> and then Leia looks at this droid, and she goes, oh, yeah, reference point Ben being little? I don't know. What do you think? Significant? <laughs> Probably. Is this going to turn out to be significant? Is that time period going to keep coming up? Twice in... Twice in a chapter and a half. Yeah, twice in 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 two in two or three scenes, right? It two once each in two or three scenes, and it's come up twice before in the book already, and we're in chapter nine. 
Because there was other references too when they were talking about, um, I don't know, one of the times they were talking about the Maw or something, or when they were talking about uh, Vale and Horn. And like all you kids during the Yuzhan Vong War, you were all stuck away in shelter or mm-hmm. whatever, right? And so was Ben. But it's yeah. always pointed out, Ben, Ben. Not, hey, remember I was captured and disfigured to look like your brother? End of story. Yeah. And Ben at the end of everything. Yeah, right? to capture Ben, yeah. It's, it's, that goes to show that it's obviously significant. He's going to have a big role to play and it's going to be a lot about his growth. And well, he better have a big role to young. play because if we're going to fucking kill two main characters off in every series, we're going to run out of people to do shit pretty soon. Yeah. So he better start doing something. Now, back to the problem on Kessel. And what is the problem? Scientifically impossible ground quakes, of course. But according to Leia, that's not all. There are too many mysteries on Kessel. I spent my time on the trip here doing research. You have tombs on the surface no qualified archaeologist has ever opened. You have avian creatures the size of humans on the surface who have a weird attachment to those ruins. You have caverns that shouldn't exist and ground quakes that can't happen. Kessel fucked up, bro. <laughs> yeah, she kind of... You probably should have figured this out years ago. Yeah, what she's doing here is guilt-tripping Lando into being, or about being selfish and self-centered. You haven't, you've come to this planet and just stripped it of its drugs for your legal and illegal purposes, and you haven't bothered to help anybody here or solve any mysteries. there's, There's bird people here. Yeah, he actually ends up looking sheepish about it, like, oh. Well, because as we're reminded several times through the beginning of this, Leia is an irrefutable voice of respect. Yep. She used to be the chief of state, and just about nobody argues with her. And she always has a very good argument for all of her points. Yeah. Which makes her irrefutable. (laughs) And so, (laughs) you know, you got this little loop that that you play yourself through. But again, I wonder if that's going to be significant throughout the series is she going to play some kind of role of like forceful peacekeeper or is she going to be um is she going to be out there telling fucking people what to do yeah the consistent voice of reason yeah or just she's going to be a power figure this time in the uh, overall dynamics of the story where last time even though it was her son turning to the dark side everybody was just kind of like nah yeah don't worry about it nah he killed uh, Aelin Vell, Boba Fett's daughter. It's fine, though. Hey, I lit Kashyyyk on fire. Oh, he tried to blow us up in the Millennium Falcon. I, okay, well. <laughs> uh, Nalani never came up again, either. Well, I don't think anybody ever really. really found out what happened to her because Jason was never uh, interrogated or anything. Yeah, like that, his right? report was you never You can put totally... two and two together, or yep. you can erase, maybe you can unmind rub Ben, but he still wouldn't know that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess like she kind of is in like a cold case file type of thing. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, no, we're not solving your murder. Sorry. Even though you're a Jedi, we're just going to do what we always do and just kind of, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Ignore it. Move on. And I think um, I'm hoping Leia and Han have a not not necessarily major role. But bigger. S- yeah. Even just slightly bigger More where they're presence. kind of where they're kind of. 
around the conflict yeah even in the peripheral of the conflict rather than just completely outside of it well here's what they've done so far at the beginning of the book the conflict started on coruscant and they ran across the universe and so they, here we they fucking pieced are out, again yeah. right but now they're also tagged up with alana yes slash amelia which was one very confusing paragraph where she's referred to as alana in thought and out loud she's referred to as amelia and it's just you know it's just a little bit of a mental juggling act when you see them like they're they're like a sentence apart. Yeah. The two names. We know who it is. We know what's going on here. But yeah, maybe this is going to be a, a reason for uh, Han and Leia to. I don't know. Maybe it's not a reason to jump into the middle of a mineshaft problem when you've got a six year old that you need to take care of. Again, why did they bring her? Would she not have been safer at the temple with, like, hundreds of Jedi? Probably safer, but Come her on. identity might not have been. Okay, well, Jane is there. Yeah. And it's also technically her adopted sister. I but think, Jane has got, like, she's got Jedi work to do. I think it's to keep her away from the government. The spies. Uh, yeah, the government observers. That's fair. That's the legal way of saying it. You know it. what, though? They don't say that. No, they don't. So here we are again, as we did much of last series ascribing motivations to actions where these motivations don't exist in the text mm-hmm. where we're finding good reasons for why people <laughs> are doing things. And it's not, it's not said it's not, it's not told to us that way. Anyways, not safe at the temple of the hundred sun Jedi. Aaron describes the mind dive vehicle for three quarters of a page. And then Han reminisces back on he and Chewie and Kip Durin. Escaping this mine prison. I, I didn't know about that. Yeah, he was he was evil and in prison for a while. I knew he was like, he was bad for a while, but I didn't know he escaped the spice mines of Kessel with Han and Chewie. You know what I mean? I yeah, I they mean, were I all there. Read, I never read those Han Solo. They were all imprisoned at yeah, the same time. Was Luke there too? <laughs> was I mean, there a trash compactor? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that's cool though. That, I'm not saying that's not cool. I'm just saying I didn't even know that. Or I didn't forgot. Obviously, I've read this book before. Yeah. Anyways, they escape the mind prison together, and Han is reflecting on this, and he gets like 1 out of 10 PTSD on the way down into another, quote, vertical shaft that seemed endless. Seriously, Star Wars EU is fucking shaft part. Yeah, it's, it's a little repetitive. Shaft exploitation. It's bad. Can't just keep exploiting these shafts for your narrative purposes. Can we not? Could have just called it a cave. Can we not? They call them so many things. Shaft, tunnel, cavern. It's all the fucking same thing. It's the same as Lumaya's asteroid. It's the same as finding their way through Centerpoint. It's it's the same as Kavan. It's the same as everything is in a goddamn tunnel. <laughs> ben and Tahiri, the Down fucking Megaton well bomb. Whatever, like, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Get creative. You got a whole universe. They, of imaginary space. Quit sticking people in fucking holes. They use different locations. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> That's the best I can come up with. <laughs> yeah, but they all look the same on the inside. Yes, they do. Which is round tunnels of dirt. And darkness. Same thing on Roche. 
Same thing on Kavan. Same thing on Centerpoint. Same thing everywhere. It's shafts and tunnels everywhere. It could be an elevator shaft. It could be a fucking roller coaster mine shaft. It could be another thing that's like a, a sounded like a goddamn pinball machine on Centerpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a universe of imagination, of imaginary space, pretend space. You keep choosing to put people in a fucking tunnel. It's so boring. But here we go. Yep. Into the mine shaft. <clears throat> and I'm sure this will just be a fun little adventure for Han and Leia. And Alana will cause no trouble in their absence. I'm sure. Because she's not Jason Solo's daughter or anything. <laughs> she wanted to go with him. She ain't. She doesn't seem to be a little troublemaker at all. <laughs> Chapter 11. Starts on the Jedi Temple on Coruscant. Where our new Grandmaster catches the Jedi up on some goings-on. The GA is suing Valen to hear he is suing the GA. Blah, 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 blah. And then Jane and Jag find themselves alone. Trying to convince one another to abandon their post. Sorge Mord. Empire Flempire. That was a new one. Yep. But of course, neither one of them can. So we settle on, let's enjoy this while it lasts. They, they say to each other, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do this. We shouldn't be together trope. Like, please. Yeah. Please? I don't need to do it. At least it's kind of, it's only like a page worth. Okay, but it's once again, we're backtracking these characters. Yeah. Because at the end of the last series, they were like, okay, we're together now for sure. And now they're like, oh my God, how long can this last? Is it real love? <laughs> oh, our our duties are gonna pull us apart. Ha oh, ha! I don't know why I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that, that, what, is that, what is that guy's name? The from snake Simpsons? from yeah, uh, snake. Simpsons. Yeah, snake. Ha ha! Bye. Bye. <laughs> Anyways, uh, I don't need to do this shit anymore. I don't need this. I don't need this flippy floppy fucking Ross Rachel. Will they? Won't they? Will they? Won't they? Because we both know neither one of them is going to abandon their duty. And so I guess it's going to beg the question of how will they be able to be together? What is going to happen to take one of them out of their responsibilities? You know, what's going to happen to take Jag out of being... He's going to die. ...head of the Empire? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be hard for them to be together after that. Yeah. Or what's going to take Jaina out of the Jedi? Is she going to get exiled too? And they're like, we got 10 years together. <laughs> Unless I figure out what happened to my brother. I don't know. Cut to the Jade Shadow in Doran Space. We were guessing at what the planet was called last week. We were like, ah, oh, probably Keldor. How mm-hmm. stupid of us. Doran, a planet. Where the Keldor live. <laughs> is flanked by two black holes. That Ben describes feel like two lifeless eyes staring at him. More black hole talk. Yeah. Significant? I like Luke's explanation as to why it, the black holes make them uncomfortable. Right. Because it, he's it, like, it's like the force is life and the force is death, but black holes are nothing. Yeah. They just suck things in and suck all the energy out. And, and so then that's why we find them so uncomfortable. But now in 2020 in science, mm-hmm. We, he says, you know, things go in and never come out. We know that that's not true. Yeah. 
they have an ejection spray. Yeah. Um, where material comes, fires back out of the black hole. But I forget what my fucking point it was. Doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't actually... I don't even know if I had a point. It doesn't actually destroy anything to oh, begin with. Because this is my point. Well, it does. It Well, it definitely transmogrifies things. Yeah, it's like <laughs> hypergravity. It squishes things down super well, small, doesn't it? Yeah, but I mean, like, you you can't stay um, integrated. Mm-hmm. And, though, and so thus, you are destroyed in a, in a way. But what I was going to say, what is up with my cats today? One of them jumped up on the couch behind me, which never happens. Yeah. And one of them's over here playing with a toy, which never happens. <laughs> I told you, man, my cats have been so weird because we're having all kinds of teacher strikes in Ontario and everybody's all off their routine in my house. What the fuck, man? Even my cats are whacked out. <laughs> now, here was the thing I was going to say about black holes. That sounds like a bad edit, but no, I'm just making a bad segue. When the Yuzhan Vong showed up, and they're like, oh, my God, they're a void in the force. This is uh, uh, unfamiliar. We've never encountered anything like this before in my life. Tim's so distracted now. He can't yeah, sorry. Him. Like, sorry. But, like, wouldn't it be a little bit familiar? Because that's kind of what he describes a black hole feels like. Like, that's what a Yuzhan Vong is. They're a black hole in the force. They're a void and emptiness. Mm-hmm. Not life or death. There's empty in the force. And so I can't tell what's happening in this series. <laughs> Are we... What what's happening? <laughs> what is going to be our main antagonist? That's what the villain is called. Yeah, or, or the person that it's not a villain necessarily, but it's the uh, the person that pushes the protagonist into action, being seemingly the Jedi. Yeah. What and- the hell is gonna happen? Because we we keep getting references to black holes being important, mm-hmm. Ben's youth being important, and the Yuzhan Vong have come up. A number of times. Yeah. And them being invaders from another galaxy. And I think that the the force itself, the the you idea the, of yeah. it is the antagonist of the story. Because you think like the force is sick or something. Is right? corrupted in some way. And so it's the Jedi are bad. There's force. They're learning about the Jedi techniques. There's the force. They talk about the force when it comes to black holes. Well, I mean... The Force comes up a lot in Star Wars books anyway. Well, yeah, but... Might be uh, misattributing something there, but... We are getting a lot of hints dropped on us about what's going to be important. Yeah. And I mean, for sure. So maybe the Force has been corrupted since Ben was a kid. Yeah, because they bring that up, too. You know what I mean? Like, all these pieces have to fit together somehow. I don't know. Black Mm -hmm. holes? Significant? I don't know. We also get here exactly what we're talking about. Another reminder of when all the Jedi kids were hidden away in the maw, surrounded by black holes. When Ben was young. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Significant. We, we get <laughs> this all- is literally the only thing that Luke and Ben talk about in this scene. We get all of our ideas that we just had all jammed into one. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, they have this little chit chat about, Hmm. Foreshadowing. And then we get a little three-star cut to Luke and Ben proceeding to land on Doran at a city called Dorshan. And I'm nervous that we're going Mando talk again. No, thanks. They land and Ben is annoyed because Grandmaster Luke should not have to submit to all these routine scans and and he shouldn't be uh, subject to a security clearance or, or being checked for 
weapons or blah blah blah. He's the goddamn Grandmaster Luke Skywalker. Yeah, you're a celebrity. Why you got to do all this? And I hate this. I hate that Dalla's Jedi entitlement that she's talking about. How they they're above the law. They don't have. They don't do the routine things that everybody else has to do. I hate that that's coming out of Ben's mouth. Mm-hmm. Because not two fucking years ago he was in the GAG. Yeah. In the secret police. Where. He seemed to learn the value of routine and checklists and, you know, all of this normal sort of security stuff. Yeah. It, Luke explains it pretty well, though, about if you're a celebrity and you lose that, like, celebrity status, you, you'll do anything to get it back. Well, yeah. So kind of look out for corruption kind of deal. Yeah, well, he's saying, like... Um, when you're a celebrity, if you start living like a celebrity, well, your celebrity can go away. And then so how are you going to act when all that's gone? You should just act the same way all the way through type of thing. Yeah. But I hate that it's Ben saying this, this being petulant about this stuff. Yeah. He was just in the goddamn secret police and he was like a really, really respected officer. Mm-hmm. Meaning disciplined, structured, up to protocol. All of a sudden he's got a problem with all this stuff. That's... That doesn't fit him for me. No, not at all. Not the growth that we had over the last book series, right? That feels weird. And I don't really like it. He says, Ben says, your rank should count for something. And all of this complaining and whining about, you know, security protocols. All this is happening while Luke is forcing Ben to go through each of the menial tasks of a post-flight checklist. Yep. Which is like a nice echoing and a nice mirroring there that Ben is not understanding. But I thought... Yeah, he's listening. He should not even be mad about this. No. It's dumb. That's not... That's not... Unless he spent two years absolutely rejecting every good piece of what he learned under bad... Jason? Yeah. This doesn't make sense. Yeah, he's he's asking the questions and saying the words, but he's still actively following the rules and the law. Well, but my my complaint is that, let's say at the end of book nine, mm-hmm. Ben would be level-headed and conversational about it. Not whiny, complainy, petulant teenager. Yeah. The fuck? Yeah, I don't know. It didn't make sense to me either. Even at the even in the beginning of this book, he calmly states to his dad, "Why I'm coming with you to find out what happened to Jason." Not, oh, you gotta take me. I'm not, uh, I'm not staying home by myself for ten years. Yeah, he logicked his way <laughs> into it. Right, but here he's fucking whiny boy. Yeah, he's just, just being whiny. I don't. That's not Ben. Nope. And I think that's stupid. Anyways, P.S. Mando props for sure, because the first Keldor they meet in Dorshan on Doran is named. Dorse. Fuck me. <laughs> the second guy is Sergeant Vol. I don't fucking care. His first name is probably Dorsnob. <laughs> Chapter 12. Starts in the mines of Kessel. Descending. Tunnels. Mine shafts. Han trying to weasel out of a job. And falsely wishing for cannon fodder in case of trouble. You know, classic... Wild card Han Solo with a secret heart of gold that he pretends to not have, mm. as all those grown-up men did from previous <laughs> generations. I don't care about anything. Wink. Yeah. 
Oh, I'm so hard. I, I would abandon my friend Lando right now if I could get out of this job. Wink. No, you <laughs> fucking wouldn't. Yeah, he just flew across the galaxy with a seven-year-old to save him. Liz, just shut up. Yeah. Essentially. No. She, uh, well, we can. No, no, we, yeah, sure. No, we can do that. Oh, you want to abandon your friend? Okay, we can do that. You want to just run away? Right, cool. <laughs> Leia drops the info that Jabba's businesses live on. Interesting, but not important. Yeah. Just a little tidbit thrown in the conversation. Or maybe it will be important. Yeah, I think it was more her poking at him like hey we could invest in trash compactors yeah. we can do yeah, this she definitely and that. was doing that but i was like oh java huh just a little name drop yeah a little name drop from the past where i'm like what if he rolls in on a sail barge and it's he's a clone or is he <laughs> a, he's a force ghost yeah or he's a fucking robocop <laughs> let's bring up the guy that's been dead for 45 years it's the biggest yvh droid you ever seen in your life <laughs> yeah he's all mangled and re put together Anyways, they spend six pages yeah. guessing their way around the tunnels until Leia gets a feeling. And then we immediately cut to Dorshan. Doran. Hate it. Hate it. Where's Dors? Now, I hate this scene. I hate this Ben. Because he's walking around Keldor mm-hmm. thinking... Look at all these fucking ugly freaks. What? Yeah. You've been across the galaxy and seen all, all sorts of aliens all your life, but you land on Keldor and now you're like, oh, ugly. Yeah. He, they, he goes into a pretty good description what of how ugly they this? are. Yeah. How badly do we need a petty teenager that we just turn a wise one into a fucking fool? This sucks. Yeah. This is not Ben's character that has... This is not the direction he's grown all this all these books. Yeah, it's the exact opposite of what was happening in the last books where Ben was using the wiseness to help Luke and now it's Dude, the he, completely he's opposite. Dude, he secret spy solved his mom's murder with calmness and logic. Yep. His mom's murder. Now he sees some weird aliens and he's like <laughs> fucking ugly. Yeah. Go to hell. This is this is dumb. And I don't usually speak so strongly about the writing choices in these books, but this is fucked. This is absolutely antithesis to everything that he has been becoming. And it's all just in an effort to frame Luke Skywalker in a way of being his dad mentor. Yeah. Where now Luke goes, imagine how you look to them. That is that not the most basic goddamn concept when you live in a universe of aliens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't even, I don't even know about that choice, man. I don't even know about it. Maybe it'll stop. That's some basic shit right there. Yeah. Yeah. It will stop because he's going to have that growth again. Like we didn't already earn that. You know, we being me and you and Ben. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, fast forward to them entering the temple of the Baron Doe sages and it's got some kind of decor. Mm -hmm. Sky above, ground below, darkness of the black holes to either side. Columns suggesting the constructions or intensive living beings keeping those nightmarish celestial anomalies at bay. I'm going to repeat one thing for you here. 
nightmarish celestial anomalies. Remember these words. Significant? Anyway, the sage says, you can't see my master till you prove that you're you via combat. I don't believe you're Luke Skywalker and Ben Skywalker. Another tried and true adventure trope, the test of worth. I've gone to a rival school and now I must defeat them in yeah. order to prove that I, I am worthy of seeing their master. So Luke tells Ben, you fight this bitch because it's way below me. Yeah. I'm the grandmaster. You fight this fool, this unworthy fool. And Ben wonders for a moment. If that whole body snatchers thing might be real. Because <laughs> his dad is like totally condescending to this girl. And he's like, what the hell? My dad's never cocky and arrogant like this. Yeah. No, it's not body snatching. It's just some ancient bullshit. Yeah. Some stupid played out just trope. Just. Yeah. And it's fine. Because it fits. And I think we're going to have like, maybe, you know, we're going to have like a lot of these little jumpy around vignettes of uh, Luke and Ben going to places where Jason may or may not have been. And I have a feeling we're going to get a bunch of these like classic fantasy. Yeah. Goings ons where it's like, oh, I need to prove myself in a battle, physical battle to prove myself worthy. So Ben fights his Keldor and he wins by tricking her. And she says, you lose, you cheated. And Ben says, you cheated first. And I'm tired of this childish shit. I got my own kids. Goddamn. Yeah. Goddamn. This part actually was, I, I didn't Annoying. mind. It wasn't so much childish. It was, she was being childish. And he's like, you used it as a weapon first. Right, right, right. Yeah. He wasn't being childish about it. But yeah, the argument itself was just yeah. child. It was immature. She's on the ground. You cheated. Because what she does is she force blows his the, on Keldor, okay, okay, we should talk about what the Keldor are. Plo Koon flying in his little ship in episode two, or whatever episode you see him in flying in his little ship, probably episode three, right before he dies in Order 66. Yeah. But they're the uh, the bubbly-skinned freaks, mm-hmm. in case that didn't get through to you with Ben's description, <laughs> that have the black uh, breather masks on because they can't breathe oxygen. Yeah. Their world is full of it's, helium. It's helium. I would just... Yeah. No. <laughs> I'm the Grandmaster. Just Luke Skywalker. Like <laughs> but anyways, Ben wins the fight and she says, I'll go get my master. Mm-hmm. And join us next week. Yeah, that's, that's about it there. For Fate of the Jedi, book one, Outcast, chapters 13 through 16. More shafts, more tunnels, more classic fantasy tropes. Yeah. I'm Justin. I'm Tim. You cheated. Did not. Did too. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. For any comments and questions, you can hit us up at forevercanonpodcast at gmail.com. Forever Canon Podcast is a Jay Plazer production. Catch us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at Jay Plazer. Check us out.